You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, I, I was looking at, I was trying to find a little bit more information on the defensive end of, of your of your of your work, but with minor league numbers, it's it's not that readily available. Yeah. Uh, I see that in 2022, you've played first, second, third. Can you give us a breakdown on which positions, how comfortable you feel at each of those positions? And if you were to rank them, which one do you enjoy playing the most to the least? Yeah, so it's funny. And actually, in terms of comfort level is also in terms of how I think I bring the most value. So I definitely feel the most comfortable at third. Um, because of the last two, three years, I'd spent majority of my time there. You know, I feel like I catch the ball really well. You know, my arm isn't one of my strong suits, but I feel like it's adequate enough to be good. And I have a pretty good internal clock. So I know when I need to throw, given my arm strength in comparison to, you know, Manny Machado. Um, second, I would put second base. I feel pretty good there. I played that a lot as a junior and now coming back to that. This year was initially a challenge, um, but yeah, spending, I would spend two, three games a week there and I, you know, I really started to enjoy it and understood the footwork and that sort of thing. And I, I started to get a lot better. Um, and then last would be first, but mainly just because I haven't played it as much as the other two, you know, I still feel like I could be adequate enough. And if I am going to spend some time there in the future, I'm more than happy to, and I would just like to put a lot of effort in you know if they had told me at spring training hey we want you to play first this year i would work super hard and make sure that i was the most valuable defensive first baseman i could be curtis in an ideal scenario um as a minor leaguer and then hopefully relatively soon getting to the majors would you prefer to have one position like hey i'm going to be a, a third baseman full-time or do you like this um opportunity to to move around a little bit and and get that versatility to your resume and, and try something else. Or uh, there's also got to be the challenge of you're, you're learning new positions as you're trying to grow and develop as a hitter and, and as a player overall too. Yeah, I definitely enjoy the versatility. You know, I, I, I do enjoy moving around. I enjoy taking ground balls at different spots. Um, and I know that in the long run, you know, it's going to give me more opportunities. The more positions I can play, the more, um, attractive I am to the coaching staff and to other teams and whoever. Uh, so I do enjoy being versatile and, you know, I, I just want to be in the lineup. That's the goal is I want to play wherever I can so I can hit and have fun. So, yeah. <laughs> um, like Kevin just said, uh, hopefully a, 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 a major league, uh, leaguer very soon. Obviously, you know, that the, 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 the time is, 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 ticking it's very close for you to, to happen what what are your thoughts when when you think about spring training and and what you have to work on to to have that dream become a reality very soon what are you working on to do that uh i think honestly the first part of spring training would just be getting familiar again you know i've taken probably six seven months off playing um so just getting my feet wet getting more comfortable playing at that level uh get more comfortable with the guys in the locker room uh seeing that type of pitching you know i've faced a lot of big league arms but just being comfortable facing them again getting some confidence um 
And then I think just cleaning up a few things defensively to make sure that I feel like I'm an above average defender wherever I play in the big leagues. Um, so, yeah, I think a big, big part of it to start with will being comfortable and being comfortable having conversations with the coaching staff, the other players, um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to going down. Yeah, that's a really good point you made. Obviously, on the field improvements, but off the field as well. Just wanted to gauge you on this. Just in your experience with the Rays, who do you have that closest relationship with, um, player and or coach? Just who are those couple of guys that that you lean on consistently? Uh, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss to get your no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to learn more. So be sure to make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, probably the biggest one is Brandon, Brandon Largest, because we're from the same agency. So uh, we hit together, you know, in the 2021 off season where I was here the whole year, we hit together pretty much every day. Um, so I kind of think of him a little bit as a big brother. You know, he gives me a hard time. I give him a hard time, but <laughs> I think we've both got our best interests for each other. So he's probably someone that I will have leaned on and will continue to do. You know, I ask him a few questions about some of the other guys, the coaches and just about logistics in general. But yeah, he would, he would probably be the main guy that I would, look towards in the big league team that's great to hear and, and following up on that what kind of advice or what sort of things has he told you about taking that next step and being a big leaguer maybe just some of you know some things to to keep an eye on out uh keep an eye on and, and watch out for just general advice he's given you yeah you know he we've we've kind of gone through it all whether it be relationships with the clubhouse you know obviously being the young guy is challenging uh mm -hmm. so just how, how I guess he's given me advice on like how some young guys have come in and rub some of the older guys the wrong way a little bit. Um, so just a few things to stick clear of. Um, and then also from a performance wise, you know, how to prepare each day. Uh, just a few things with the travel, uh, how to stay ready and get ready all the time. We've talked about pinch hitting, you know, because that could be a role for me early on um so yeah he's kind of he's been really good i he's probably annoyed with me with how many questions i ask him but i just want to you know feel prepared as possible well for me of you know young players coming into a clubhouse and maybe being a little bit of a disruption or the the old guard just not really being as receptive and warm to them but it's funny because curtis when you were in the abl 
you know, several years ago, were you not, you know, one of the youngest players in that league where guys were, you know, seven, eight, nine years older than you. So maybe that gives you a little bit of a, an advantage of how to navigate a clubhouse like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a few things going for me, you know, being unique um, with the Australian accent and that sort of thing. So that kind of sparks a, a conversation and a smile maybe every now and again from the American guys. So, uh, but yeah, no, definitely was fortunate with the ABL. You know, I played, being around a lot of older heads that have played in the big leagues and, you know, continue to play in the big leagues. Um, and I think I'm fortunate with the Rays. You know, Brandon speaks really highly of all the players in the clubhouse. So I think um, I'm looking forward to getting closer with a lot of those guys. And, you know, we don't really have uh, as big a personalities, it seemed like, you know, being a smaller market team and, you know, some really super talented players that probably don't get the recognition um, they deserve, but definitely some some not as big personalities, I think. So looking forward to it. I think you've described basically Brendan Lau, a guy who's always underrated. Uh, <laughs> he is a tremendous uh, talent. And and I, I'm, Kevin, I'm just imagining a, a Brendan Lau and Curtis Mead back to back in the lineup, and that that would uh, be <laughs> that yeah. would be a pretty sweet thing to to watch in 2023. It it really would be Curtis. You need to you need to develop and, and get to the bigs because the the Rays need some help offensively. So and and I think uh, quite possibly you you could be the answer to that. Uh, which I guess is sort of another question that we have is, um, do you ever feel any pressure? I mean, you are you know depending on which outlet you look at, you're the number one number two prospect. Um, does that pressure ever get to you, or you just kind of you know focus on on your own game and just try to do the best you can? Yeah, it's, it's funny. A few people have kind of asked me that over the last kind of six or 12 months. And, you know, the more the more I continue to play well and hadn't have fun, I think the less the pressure goes away. Um, you know, I think every, even from the start with the Phillies, I kind of put no expectations on myself. I was this young 17-year-old who'd only really been taking baseball seriously for two years. Um uh, you know, I thought I, I thought I could play, but I had no idea really what I could achieve. And I still think that I haven't really put a cap on myself from a performance standpoint because I don't really know. And I think I continue to get better and I continue to enjoy the game more and work harder. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't really have expectations for myself. And I think because I don't put put a standard that I expect to be at, that I continue to kind of probably exceed what I what I would put those standards at so yeah no it's been awesome I mean I haven't really ever really felt the pressure um just enjoying the game and enjoying working hard and then you have the added wrinkle of you know setting the stage for your entire country I mean the the entire country of Australia is kind of leaning on you as well because there's not many uh not many Australian professionals let it, let alone hitters I mean we know about Grant Balfour and Liam Hendricks but you're you can kind of be that that set the standard for for an entire country which is pretty cool as well I would assume yeah no that would be really special you know we've had a lot of high quality arms come out of Australia um and some bats too, obviously. Um, but it would be pretty cool to be, you know, I just think back home about people, you know, they turn on the race game every day and I'm out there every single day and they get to watch me. Um, and the amount of people that I knew supported me, but had a really, uh, a ton of really nice things to say about me when I was leaving and, you know, that they wake up and watch me in the minor leagues most days is, is pretty cool uh, to think about the support that I'm getting and the really nice messages. So, 
yeah, it is awesome. Um, but um, yeah, super honored to be to be at the front of it. Well, believe it or not, um, but of course you're going to believe it because it is true. Uh, when we look at our analytics for this podcast, this the obviously the number one market is the U.S., but yeah. the second market that most listens to this podcast is Australia. Uh, so there, I don't know if it's the Curtis Mead effect, but yeah. there's something definitely in the water, man. So I, I'm sure that they're all going to be very happy to, to, to hear this interview. Um, Kevin, should we finish this off with some rapid fire for Curtis Mead? Yeah, go for it. Ulysses, take it away. Okay. Uh, last time you talked about food. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, Curtis. Can you cook schnitzel? Yes. Favorite movie? Jaws. Ooh, good throwback pick. Um, <laughs> beer or wine? Beer. When was the last time you went to a baseball game as a fan? Mm. Uh, 2018. Do you remember who was playing and where you were? It was in Houston, and I don't know who was playing the Astros. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Kevin? My only rapid-fire question is, Curtis, what is the biggest cultural difference between Australia and the U.S.? Uh, probably the fact that we speak the same language, but some words and slang that we have, people in America have no idea Ooh. What, Ooh. what I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. Um, any chance you can teach us some Australian slang so we can look cool with the Australian listeners and, and subscribers on YouTube that we have from that country. So I've said a few things to like my agents and other friends. Like I said, have a happy birthday, have a ripper of a day. So we would say describe a day as a ripper or like a, have a cracker day or something like okay. that. And like that. Americans go, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll try and have a ripper. And they're, not, <laughs> and they're not really sure about it. And then, like, we say, uh, if you like something, like, oh, are you keen on that? Like, are you, we describe, yeah. So we'll say okay. things. So ripper probably, and keen. That's great. Yeah. Follow yeah. up on that before, and Curtis, you've been great this entire interview. What do you consider to be, like, an odd cultural thing that the u.s does or a or a saying of theirs that you just don't understand as an australian native uh, maybe a behavior thing or a language thing whatever it may be uh, um well the easy one that was really hard to get used to was driving on the wrong side of the road hmm. <laughs> um fair enough i'm trying to think of another one that's a good question or the the way that they eat food or whatever it may I mean I don't know you you encounter you know American players all the time probably one of the weirder things was in Australia we don't really have many chains like food chains like we mm -hmm. only have a very select maybe three or four everything mm -hmm. is locally owned and locally run so the amount of chain restaurants here you know some are awesome but yeah that was totally new I was like oh this that cheesecake factory is awesome. And then you're like, oh, there's another one there. And every place we go, there's a cheesecake factory. I'm like, oh, like that wasn't just the local, you know. So Yeah. 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 Mr. Cheesecake did not just put up one. I have uh, another one. What was the favorite, what was your favorite part about the Futures game at Dodger Stadium? Uh, 
two things. The crowd was awesome. You know, I'd never played in front of that many people and just how loud it was was incredible. And then all the gear we received as being part of the game was pretty cool. Mm. To, be, to be kitted out from all the different companies and stuff was, was awesome. Well, hopefully this year, Curtis, you're not playing in the Futures game. You're playing in the All-Star game. <laughs> the all-star game that'd be something right so that's right yeah. um curtis you've been awesome we appreciate the time and good luck at spring training and in this upcoming season as well no worries thanks for having me again guys appreciate it of course and all the best of luck of especially health and hopefully we get to see you at the trap uh very very soon maybe after spring training of course but at the trap hitting some home runs or maybe some line drives whichever one you want we will yes. take it all <laughs>